Welcome to Enneagram with JB, a podcast about Enneagram personalities, where you'll uncover and discover more about yourself and others through the helpful tool of the Enneagram. I'm your host, Julie Underwood. Today, we are honored to introduce Jackie's husband, Stephen Brewster, or as we call him, Brewster. Hey, Brewster. How are you? What's up? It's going to be an interesting conversation. Let's just say that, like trying to warm up a three with a four wing, like trying to get them to answer real questions. We'll see. So Stephen is a creative that helps people put music out into the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Steve? Uh, yeah, I just, I help churches, uh, who want to release music, help them figure out how to do that. And all of the, the different processes that comes with that. So we love to get to know our guests with a few questions. We probably already know these answers, but our audience doesn't. So can we ask you a few questions? Sure. They're not too intimate. I promise. What is your go-to restaurant? I could answer this in a hot second. Answer it if it's what I'm thinking. No, you answer it first. No, you answer it first. This is about you. <laughs> this audience. I know, but hears I want to see if the, what you this think. This is exactly what I mean. Like, just answer the question. But I want to see if what you think is really what you what I think you're it gonna is. Just go first. Las Palmas. La I mean La Hacienda. La Hacienda. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is it. Like if I'm like, hey. I'm finished with tutoring from with Hope, and he's like, "Oh, great, let's meet there." Yes, every week. Yeah, La Hacienda. I think they know us; they know our order. Yeah, for sure. All right, what is your favorite summertime jam? Hold on, give me one second. I'm looking up to see what I <laughs> what you listen to. How most. I could, how I should properly. <laughs> oh sure. my gosh! Because this is hilarious. No, I listen to a lot of music. He's like, let me go see what the trending chart, like what's the top. Okay. No, I really do. I love the song. I love the song Morning by Post Malone. Okay. Okay. I can't say I've heard that one. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I love we Post Malone. We listen to that a lot at the beach. I love Post Malone. I do like, love Like I would like to be his life coach. <laughs> I laugh sometimes when I think of Post Malone because I'm like, okay, I'm glad his career is going really well, but when it's not. Can he get a job after? He's this? not going to need to worry. He's <laughs> he not. Gonna he might not. As long as he's managing his money well, his face tattoos won't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so I would say Post Malone morning. I think the Miley Cyrus jaded song is cool, and Jackie's going to hate this one. Hate it, but the Nicki Minaj song off the Barbie soundtrack. Oh, I haven't heard it. Oh my I gosh, either. It's okay. so good. All right. What is one thing that you are intentional about on a daily basis? Brushing my teeth. I hope. No, I mean, <laughs> definitely brushing my teeth, but reading my Bible app probably is the other one. That's awesome. But definitely brushing my teeth. You're doing better than my eight-year-old, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or some of my kids, we won't mention their names. Hmm. Right. Or ages. I don't know how many times I like have to touch the toothbrush and be like, it's not wet. You didn't brush your teeth. You don't have to be a scientist to figure that out. All right. Finally, for the serious question, Steve, what is your Enneagram type and wing? Uh, three wing four. Okay. Yeah. Jackie said that earlier. I did. I gave it away early on. See, you answered my question before it was time. I did. Because I've done interviews with my husband before. And so it sometimes feels like pulling teeth, but we thought it would be interesting because we've got another 
uh, podcast for you guys this month with an Enneagram three wing two. Mm. And we thought it's just interesting to hear the difference, same number, different wing, but even energy and how they engage, it's just different. Who's so, that? um, Tyler from Red Rocks. Oh, Ty. yeah. Yeah. I can and, tell you everything you want to know about that guy. So we want to talk about you. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we want to talk about you. No. So there's that. So this month we are spending some time talking about growth. So Brewster, as an Enneagram three, are you often focused on growth? No. As an Enneagram three, I'm focused on achieving. Okay. So you wouldn't say that's growth? I mean, like not, I mean, I don't know that it's personal growth. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. You want growth like as achievements. Yes. Uh, I, like, I mean, that's, I have to be intentional to work on myself, which is what you tell me all the time. And so, mm-hmm. but no, that like personal growth is definitely not the, the go-to. I would say I can totally recognize that in a lot of my friends who are threes. Like it's, it's just, they're just moving at such a high speed. They're just getting things done. They're ticking the list, right? It's not necessarily like, how can I do this better? I just want to check it off the list and keep going. Okay. So if we think about growth though, and you are married to me, so you do have to listen to me talk about all this stuff all the time. And maybe I challenge yeah. at times, right? But you you do know that like a three moves towards a six in growth yeah. and health. And so we oftentimes talk about the Enneagram threes, driven achiever, success-oriented, task-based, like go, 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 go. But when we know that we're in health and growth or moving towards that way, it moves from um, like producing to people. Like instead of being focused on what, what we're achieving, we then can you know, shift our focus to like the people in the room as well. Like they matter. So it's not so much like all of this other stuff externally matters. It's like, oh, wait a minute. These people matter too. So what, how have you seen this evolve through the years where, cause you are really driven. I would say even on all the work you've done, you would still lean into workaholism you still find your value in all of those things. But there is a softer side of you that yeah. has evolved through the years where you are more intentional. There are different rhythms that we've set up in our lives. Oh yeah, for sure. So is it clear like when you when you're like, oh, I'm in a good place because I'm thinking about the people, or is it like you get so busy doing and then all of a sudden you kind of look and you're like, Oh, I feel really disconnected. Like, how does it work? I'm just curious. No, I think it works more like I know I'm healthy when I'm living in those rhythms. And then the growth would be when I catch myself not being in those rhythms. So, so the awareness is you catch yourself and then what do you do with that? And that's the growth. Like, what do you do? Like, do you, do you adjust and that's the growth? Yeah. But I mean, I think like now compared to five years ago, compared to 10 years ago, like I have way better rhythms of like space to not, to not always be going and, and trying to achieve. So, so yeah, I, I, when I notice that I'm out of those rhythms, 
I can feel how it affects everything though. Like energy, focus, relationships, all of it. Not just like other people in the room, but like even how it affects me. Hmm. Speak to that just a little bit more. Tell Julie a little bit more about that. Cause uh, I, I think that it's neat when we get to kind of peel back some of the layers and hear what's underneath uh, our personalities. And so it's kind of like the, the more tender part of you. I know I'm asking you to be vulnerable, um, but what does that look like? I mean, I just like, we try to not have to do work on the weekends, mm -hmm. but if there's like, and that happens occasionally, there's a weekend or two that you yeah. have to do it. But if those start lining up multiple weeks in a row, or if I've had to work, like we have too many dinners in a week or something, I can feel myself getting, like I lose energy and everybody, everything in, in our house feels disconnected. Mm -hmm. And it's just not, it's yeah. like, it doesn't work. Does that, are you in, currently in that feeling? Uh, no, it's Friday afternoon. I have like an hour and a half of work left. We have had a dinner every single night this week. I know. I know. But you're feeling freedom? No, no, no. I, I'd i like to stay home tonight. Oh, mm -hmm. we're going out tonight. We have reservations. See, a three and a seven though. <laughs> a seven never wants to stay home. So we'll break all of the rhythm to have fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes, sometimes, but I, I feel like this week is incredibly busy. We're not always mm -hmm. as busy, mm -hmm. uh, but I, with you can feel the disconnect that happens. Uh, we had just gone on vacation last month or a couple months ago and, um, and he like was able to check out for the most part for, you know, a couple of days. And in that, that week, it was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have you back. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. we both felt like that. It was like, oh, we need to make it a point to disconnect mm -hmm. like every couple months for a couple of days. And now yeah. it makes more sense. Like when it builds up, yeah, you're mm -hmm. trying to hold it all together and make everybody happy. Well, like even this podcast, like there was no transition time from a situation I was dealing with to us recording. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. now it's better, mm -hmm. but yeah. before we started... We were going to get divorced. Yeah. That word margin, <laughs> Julie, you know, that I use, like if, if you have a little bit of margin, there's a little yeah. bit of room, but without margin, yeah. you're mad yeah. at the world. Sure. And uh, I think Steve came in hot, mad at the world because yeah. there wasn't a transition. <laughs> uh huh. And sometimes it's, it's unpredictable. Like when we originally scheduled this, you didn't know that this situation would come up. No, it just so. came up in the last hour. Yeah. So. So I feel like you're like getting an inside glimpse into our like crazy chaos. My Steve is very similar. So I can see that he he can get really distracted. Sometimes as a seven, after like days and days or nights and nights of him working really late at night, I'm like, hey, pay attention to me. I live here. And he's like, okay, okay. I'll watch a show with you. I'm like, I'm over here. Do you want to hang out with me? I like to watch TV shows like you like to watch sports passively no always and so but you don't like to watch sports and you don't really like to watch tv shows so. i do though i do and i sometimes watch sports uh yes on the rear if there's no shows to watch or watch i'll sports. or i'll watch my show next to him on the couch 
with headphones and on my computer while he watches sports. I feel like that's a good compromise. Yeah, we're winning. There you go. Okay. I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to go back to counseling. Maybe, we, maybe we're hitting bumps. I don't know. Yeah. Bump. <laughs> He's like, I'm good on counseling. <laughs> I, Steve, do you ever feel like you're being analyzed like 24 hours a day? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Like, yeah, it's not like, I mean, anytime that I am being analyzed, it it's usually because there's something that needs an adjustment. Mm-hmm. I think that I am acutely aware because of what I do and I read and research a ton. So I'm always trying to learn more and understand personality types better and um, through a lot of different modalities. And so it doesn't mean I bring everything into the conversation. Sometimes I'm just, it, you know, I'm just like, huh. That's so interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think it might be from that. What it's helped me is that I don't take personally what's not personally. Like I I just don't take offense to things as much. Right. Right. Not that I never do. Um, But usually I can ask the question in a way or we can get to it. We can get to the, like a resolution in a way that we couldn't before, Mm -hmm. you know, because I would, I would think everything like must be my fault. Right. And now I'm like, nah, about 25% of it is, but the rest of it, yeah. I might know a lot, but it doesn't mean that I am critiquing all the time. Well, my husband works with Jackie and Steve, and so he does a lot of the editing of the Enneagram information. So he's always sending me things like, is this true? Is this true about a seven? Is this true about a seven? And he pulled me aside the other day because I was starting to like wig out in the kitchen about something after I'd gotten off a phone call with a family member and it made me upset, but I didn't say it made me upset, but I like took it out on my kids. And he's like, Hey, so do you think you're just like avoiding your emotion right now? Or do you think that, um, like, are you actually upset about something? And I was like, I think I'm actually upset about it. But it was so annoying that he like knew exactly what was going on. And I still, even with all the information that I have still hadn't really put two and two together. But when I sat for a second, I was like, Oh, I'm really upset about this. Like that was hurtful it's annoying but it's helpful because you get through it faster Mm -hmm. like you process it Mm -hmm. well and the goal of the enneagram and marriage workbook that i that i wrote is that you can do your work side by side because i we steve and i have done a lot of counseling and we have done it side by side and and i think that when you both get to experience things together it's not like you're trying to come back and tell somebody something it's like you're in the room when it's happening um, and so I do think that that work side by side has been helpful um, for both of us because he can say like the same thing. He's like, I don't think this is about this or, you know, because yeah. he critiques me too. So a three wing with a four is or a three with a four wing is very driven and typically concerned with people's acceptance and approval. So Brewster, how have you found balance in your life that has allowed you to grow in your relationships and connection to Jackie and the kids without being constantly consumed with producing and performing? I think I've gotten much better at life with them without producing and performing. But I mean, that's always something that I, I'm always wrestling with that. Like, and probably more producing than performing now 
if I, I think maybe not, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we've got, I think when we have the right rhythms in our life, that's easier with family than outside of family. Okay. I remember when um, we'd been married for 20 years, we took a walk in Cottonwood and um, we had just done a ton of deep work in therapy and um, we were kind of processing through stuff. And I had said to you, like, do you feel like you wear a mask in our marriage? And you said, yes. Like it was like a no brainer. Yes. And I, I was so like, oh my gosh, do you not feel safe here for you to be able to take off your mask? And then, um, you unpacked it with me. Like, I feel the pressure to make you happy. I feel the pressure to make the kids happy. I feel the pressure to make everybody happy. And I feel like that conversation uh, was a huge growth point for us because I got to hear what was really going on below the surface. And you guys, it was 20 years of marriage. It wasn't like two years. Um, and I think I witnessed you take off that mask and and kind of settle in um, in a lot of ways at home. Yeah. Well, and if I answered that question now, I'd probably answer it differently mm-hmm. because I, I don't think it was as much wearing a mask as performing. Like, I think I was being, I think I was honest being like, I, I wasn't masking. Now I'm definitely not masking, but I don't think like at that point, that's the only way I knew how to describe it Yeah, where I don't think today it would be totally different. Yeah. I, I feel like I see the real you more now in the past five years than I did for a long, I mean, for 20 years. Like, I feel like we've done a ton of work, a lot of age, you know, and, and fighting through and seeing each other, holding space for each other to be messy, to be broken and in it, um, still choosing each other. Yeah. And so in that, I feel like there's been huge growth work on both of us. Yeah. To be able to be more authentic and um, not okay. And yeah. like, and it's like, it's okay to be not okay. You're not going to leave. Right. Because oh, I think forever I was like, you're going to leave if you're not happy or if you're mad or if you're showing me these emotions, it must be you're going to leave because, you know, my dad left. So that was my only, my only point of reference is when they're not happy, they just leave. Yeah. I think even, even in that, cause I'm a seven, he's a three. We're both in the assertive stance. We stand independently. We can push against each other. We are both entrepreneurs. We both have our own businesses. And I think even in, in that sometimes it's like, yes, I support you. I want to be in this with you. Yes. And then when we do it, it sometimes is bumpy. It's not like we're not compliant. It's not like, Hey, it's like, are you going to do this or what? You know, there's just such a difference. I think in, um, in that too, because of our, our, uh, stance. Well, in that vein, Steve, what are a few of the warning signs you've learned to recognize in your own life that help you to avoid the overperforming tendencies and kind of have helped you stay on a growth track? If I start to name drop or if I start to like, if I start to walk into a room or answer a question or be part of a conversation where I'm trying to position myself a certain way. That's like the biggest, the biggest warning sign of like, Oh, you're, you're mad. You're like, you're wearing a mask right now. Like you're, you're, and I don't, I guess that's not overperforming. 
but it is performing for sure. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not the production side. It's more of the, I need, uh, like, I want you to see me this way. Mm. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. And most of, I mean, I think it's always true. What I'm saying is true. It's just a flex to be true when I don't even need, like when I'm, when I'm in a healthy place, I don't even need to flex. Like, I don't care. Like if you know who I work with or what I did or any of that stuff doesn't matter. But when I'm insecure, that's Mm. when I would do that. That was really good. It's that insecure piece. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) He's like, I can't, can we, can we delete that? (laughs) It's that, that, no, that, no, no, no. That was a very vulnerable, but very truthful statement around one of the insecurity and the fear that comes in. Um, And that I love the awareness of that's the, that's the red flag. That's the warning sign for your own self. Um, do you, do you tend to recognize it in the middle or, or is it a lot of the times after it happened? I think it would used to be after it happened. Uh Now I'm intentional for it to not happen unless the rhythms Mm -hmm. haven't been right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm like really insecure. Like I, I really feel the need for that person's Mm -hmm. approval, Approval. Mm -hmm. but so so I intentionally go the opposite way mm-hmm. of like downplaying everything mm-hmm. to not get into that space. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. One of the, when I say that's awesome around, um, it used to be after the fact, now I'm kind of catching it or I'm even putting some boundaries around it so that it, I don't find myself in that place. That's the work I work with people a lot on is that awareness is the first step. It usually takes about three to six months of kind of becoming aware of when you're doing it or 20 years or 20 years. Um, and then, and then you get to, you can stop yourself kind of in the middle of it and then catch yourself before it happens. So this whole journey of like learning more about yourself, it's forever. You guys, this isn't a one and done. Um, this is a open awareness to yourself daily. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just described that beautifully. Well, one of the rhythms we have talked about, um, talking about growth is play. And so Steve, do you find that you have a hard time like shifting to play with the kids or like play when you come home? I know my husband sometimes struggles with that, uh, like kind of that shift from like work to play, especially since you both tend to work from home often. Do you have to be really intentional about it? Um, Do you have to kind of like premeditate it or does it come a little more naturally to you? I don't think I have premeditated or have to work for it. I just need time between mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it's time to work yeah. and when it's time to do something else. Yeah. And so like, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a hard time making that like hard left turn from it. I'm in work mode. I'm thinking about work. I'm dealing with work to, yeah. to, Oh, now they don't care about any of this and right. I need to be a, attentive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think with our younger kids, I'm much more attentive than I was with our older kids, mm. just because we've learned so much. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I, I do think that transition piece is huge. We don't get a lot of that because we work from home, and um, play looks different because who we have home now. Like our oldest son lives at home, but he's doing his own thing. So it's our twins that are 14; they're girls. Um, so it, play with them is like. Hey, I'm going to sit out here on TikTok while you grill, you know, like, or 
they want to tell us something or tell us a funny story that happened, um, or they want us to bring them somewhere or go yeah. pick up their friends. So it's a lot of carting people around right now. Um, but that, that play piece, it does look quite a bit different. And mm -hmm. I, I think you're right around that transition. Um, it's, that's tough. A lot of the times, even if we've got a dinner to go to, we get in the car and I, I can tell, I'm like, oh, you need a couple of minutes to transition. And you're honest. You're like, yeah, I've not, I am not, I'm not in date mode right now. Like I am still. And so uh, I think we try to give each other space in that. Yeah. What has been a piece of Enneagram awareness that has shifted and shaped you in a healthy new way? We've talked about a few, but is there one specific thing that kind of stands out? Yeah, I think probably just overall Enneagram. Like, I wish we'd have known about this 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Not yeah. just in our marriage, but just in all relationships. It would have made so much more sense. It made everything so much easier. All right. So Steve, finally, can you share with our listeners where they can find you kind of um, your Instagram or like where they can find you with your new music projects? B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R. Well, thanks Steve for joining us, for being vulnerable about your marriage and your personal Enneagram journey. So we super appreciate that. And thank you for joining us today. Join us next time as we continue our conversation about the Enneagram and what it means for your relationships. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, we'd love for you to leave a review. Your kind words help others find the show. For more great Enneagram content, resources, and individual coaching, you can visit EnneagramWithJB.com. And while you're there, make sure to order Jackie's newest book, The Enneagram and Your Marriage. We'll see you next time on Enneagram with JB.